Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us today, we've got three very important people in the worlds of science fiction, Star Trek, fandom, conventions, and... Uh, media production, lots of stuff. And uh, once a generation, a convention comes along that makes history. Unfortunately, it's not always the kind of history we want to make. And we're going to be talking about that cryptic statement. Let me introduce our guests, Johnny Steverson, Larry Nemechek, and Neil Halford. Larry Nemechek is known as Dr. Trek. Johnny Steverson is a movie producer and writer, and uh, the guy that... Uh, the guy with the, the, uh, the can who sweeps up after the elephants? The Star Trek, the, the, it's the original Star Trek series Shuttlecraft, and the man behind Enterprise in Space. We have Neil Halford, game designer and writer, uh, most famously, I mean, he has a position in history, he wrote... Betrayal at Crondor, which is one of the most, uh, you know, it, it may not be selling many copies now, but it is one of the most well-known titles in gaming ever. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much. Thank, uh, thank you, Gene. I think I think we could probably slop those titles and bios around a little more and tighten them up and also loosen them out a little bit, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we definitely need to let them out. I need a, but, <laughs> you know. I usually take a seven and a half. <laughs> Uh, now here's something we hope you'll really like. Okay. Hey, thank, you for, thank you for getting it. <laughs> Wrong hat. So uh, uh, we were uh, shooting the breeze before uh, we got everybody together. You know, Johnny actually being the late one. What did that breeze ever do to you that you should shoot it? And uh, we were talking about, uh, I, I, I'm sure the first thing that people are going to want to know about, and uh, I, I apologize if this kind of derails the conversation for the next uh, 15 or 20 minutes, but no, uh, uh, so Johnny, you were, yeah, Johnny, you were on the, uh, the board for Space City Comic Con. Was I? No. <laughs> it was all a nightmare. Oh. I could have swore I was waking up from a dream. Right from the case of evil. Yeah. Oh. oh, yes, Neil Halford's case of evil. We'll be talking about that, too. Um, I, only, I only wanted one, but I wound up buying a case of evil. 
Yes, you buy the evil by the case. And that it seems to be have been the case with the Space City Comic Con. And uh, good segue, really good. Johnny, you have been trying to fix this thing from the inside and not having a whole lot of luck. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what happened and where? Uh, because I'm not completely up to date on what happened with Space City Comic Con. I've just been reading a lot of the rumblings in the press. Yes, and there have definitely been a lot of those. Um, I, I'm glad to see that a lot of people are trying to get on top of the truth and allow me to communicate with them. I've been working really hard over the last couple of days to get to as many people as possible to communicate with them and let them know that I am still pushing for the fans, even though I resigned from Space City Comic Con and the board, uh, Mythic Events, LLC. Um, a short recap of the situations that occurred, you know, Friday. It yes, was Johnny, what will your lawyer let you tell us? <laughs> well, so Space City Comic Con was a three-day event here in Houston on Memorial Day weekend. Um, Friday and Saturday passed, obviously, we re- I realized certain things, um, and by Saturday was in, in a good crisis management mode, good way to put it. Um, by Saturday evening, it was clear t- it became clear that there was a huge, huge problem. Um, I was becoming aware of things that I had never even fathomed being possible. And with all of that and the additional board members being there and seeing that it was easy for me to get everyone to do a vote of no confidence to have George Comets removed on Sunday. And so the board empowered me to do that, and that's exactly what I did um, with his removal. Um, George, I tried... George being the owner-promoter, basically. Yes, George being the majority shareholder. Um, and this being his fourth or fifth convention, right? Well, not majority shareholder. Yes, this being his, I believe, fifth or sixth convention. Um, Just as of today, I'm becoming aware of uh, privy information from events that he did a long time ago and people that have been um, less than treated. Treated treated less than lovingly by by this man. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. By loving, do we mean pat on the head or do we mean they stiffed him for money? I'm finding out that a lot of people have been stiffed for money. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning things. What's that country song? I wish I knew now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Johnny, our documentary that Neil and I are working on, famously also in Houston from a thirty, almost thirty-five years ago, people thought was about money and money was involved, but it was really about a ticket fraud that supposedly was a sold-out huge show attached to a convention, the Con of Wrath, the Ultimate Fantasy, mm-hmm. Houston Con '82. And that was a case of a normal convention with this mega event attached – arena show attached to the side that did not happen the way it was supposed to because rather than three 18,000-seat sold-out shows and a sellout that they had been led to believe from the tickets, uh, it was not. And there was no – and people thought that the central figures ran off with the money, so to speak. But there was no – in hindsight, there was no money to run off with. But, but Space City did not suffer from a lack of turnout, right? That is correct. And so going back to my timeline, you know, Sunday uh, when he showed up, I removed him, um, had him escorted to an office to print the contract so I could find out how 
how bad things were, and then I had him escorted off the premises. The, the board, he, he wasn't. Yeah, he was not removed for his safety. He was removed because of the actions the board took. Um, so I printed the contracts, had him leave. Um, I started interacting with the ticketing company, and that's when I learned about the amount of pre-sales that there were before the event even started. Um, let's just say I was shocked, set my phone down, and continued to move forward with collecting everyone together to let them know what happened. Um, things just moved so quickly. What, what, um, what, so did, what with, did happen with the pre-sales? Was it way more money sales. than – uh, what then had been reported or way less or what happened? It has it has been reported and I can say the pre-sales were well over $830,000. Okay. And, and and a feature of this show was a big reunion of the Sons of Anarchy cast. Who, that was who, a cute I, who, who I must say were beyond nice. With considering the circumstances, those guys, I love those guys and I've made some great relationships with those guys. They were beyond nicely. If I wasn't getting paid, I would definitely be seeking someone out and knocking on a door trying to figure out what was going on. So that Sunday when I had him removed, I took about 5,000 things into my bubble and tried to fix what I could. George is out reporting to the media that the only people I paid on that Sunday we're the sons of anarchy cast, and that's simply not true. I, I I distributed what cash I was able to get my hands on Sunday when I had the cash counter locked down by security uh, to people that had not been paid anything, not even their per diems. Um, and I paid uh, a small amount of funds to keep Shatner there and to make sure that he didn't leave for not being paid and the fans not have the opportunity to interact with Shatner, which was very important to me. I tried to do everything I could to get anybody from leaving with the resources I had without over-promising. And so I, I, I just told everyone that I was doing what I could. And unfortunately, I was moving very fast, fast enough to hurt my ankle, but I wasn't able to get to everyone. So... You know, I've I've been doing my best to, to do what I can. And so Sunday passed. And then I put in a resolution to the board, the full board. With with removing George, I only needed a majority. With the resolution to remove him as the signatory for the bank account, it needed every single person. Unfortunately, one person said no. All other people said yes. And at that point, I realized that it was going to be an uphill battle, and I resigned. After I resigned, five other board members resigned as well. Oh, boy. And so, so now um, George is back in control of everything. Um, and allegedly is communicating with no one. Um, and that is where we're at. And my, so my, right point, my point was in the middle of all that, you've got the fans, but you also had with those actors and their agents. And now you had told me that you had gotten to the – because the agents will branch out and a lot of them will represent. So, I mean I don't know how many signing guests – there were the Sons of Anarchy that brought in a ton of the money with their fans paying all kinds of VIP prices and packages but you also had a full complement of people in signing 
So did you did you uh, how were you with getting out to them via their agents to them and all that? I mean, were there any sore spots or do you feel like you're good with them and anything that happens now? They you they've got the the quote unquote real story early on or they saw it firsthand or how does exactly. that Exactly. Like? Early on, I it was quite clear who people were out to blame and it's for the people who were not in the know, it's becoming quite clear to them as well mm-hmm. um and I, I i will continue to fight the good fight for the fans and the actors and the agents to these great relationships that i've established to make sure that the right thing is done and the truth is known above all i want to make sure that the truth is known and i am pursuing mr comets um and i am i am working with the FBI and the district attorney here in Houston to pursue and provide to provide them with information. And then also I'll be releasing a press release here soon on the, um, the legal remedies that I'm pursuing with my lawyer, um, which I hope will end up to a resolution that the fans and everyone will be taken care of, which is my ultimate goal. What a nightmare. What a nightmare for everybody involved. I mean, the fans, the, 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 uh, the stars who came out ostensibly uh, expecting to be paid and not even getting their per diem, not even getting their hotel rooms covered, let alone being paid. Uh, now, after this far after the fact, what can you do for the fans? And not, uh, and not being on the board. And not being on the board. Yeah. No, I right, think that's a question. The, the what fans. can you do? Are you still there? Uh, did we lose it? Oh, no, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I was just saying, yes, it, the, the fans, like, I, I feel terrible for the things that happen. And, and like I said, I'm getting to people's messages as quickly as possible, trying to communicate with people and so, let them know what's going on. Just, so you know, they, ab- they, above all, people want communication. So you was you are still hooked up to the uh, uh, the information pipeline, even though you're you're no longer on the board. That is the most important part that I want people to realize that even though I have resigned from Space City Comic Con, mm-hmm. I am still fighting the good fight. I am doing everything I possibly can legally to pursue this so that people know the truth and people I, i'm trying to get it to where people are taken care of and like i said i have a press release coming up that mm-hmm. will detail not only recourses that people can pursue themselves but exactly what i'm doing to fight for the fans and so, these actors so uh and yourself and myself yes my good name has been drugged through the mud and there's so so many there's so much false information out there and I plan to address that one last time. Well, and you can count on Krypton Radio to help you uh, distribute that statement when, when you are ready with it. Well, thank yeah. you. You guys are, have been amazing and supportive. Are you doing anything jointly with any of the other board people? I mean, even if it's just to put their names on the same release and statement? or I'm hoping so. I'm hoping okay. so. If they're young kids, or I don't know what the status of the board is, but if they just want to kind of go back into their cave and like they're numb from all this, I mean, I can understand that. But, um, but yeah, I just, I was just curious if, you know, safe, uh, you know, the more faces and names carry power. Absolutely. Absolutely. The more people. Yeah. I, 
have to express my sympathy for your situation. It is not easy standing up and doing the right thing, even when everybody is around you is is uh, pointing fingers at you and yelling at you and 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 all of this stuff uh, going on while you're trying to get things done and and fixed. And it takes a great deal of of uh, uh, personal courage and uh, and and strength to do that. And I really admire what uh, really admire the stance that you're taking, and this and the effort that you're putting into this to try to 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 heal the community around the whole that is left by this cratered convention. I think so. So we, the- you were saying something about being young pe- people wanting to hide in their cave. And I was, I was honest to God, I was a teenage con chair. <laughs> so, so were, were there? A I lot saw of that those? movie. I know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was wonderful in it. But well, uh, yes, you were. We're all young at heart. No, but I mean, did you have like a lot of people who weren't experienced at this who just got caught up in it? <clears throat> No, and that's the, that's, that. the, that, that's, that's the that. thing. And, you know, that's the thing everybody's thinking. And I've, I've got a lot of people telling me, how could you not have known these things were happening? And that's just the thing. We were lied to. The board was lied to. We were pitted against each other to minimize communication. We were – we pushed. We have sufficient amount of documentation showing that we were pushing, asking the questions. And we were blatantly lied to, blatantly lied to about numbers, blatantly lied to about events. And it's it's just after the fact, you see the bigger picture mm-hmm. and you it's just I'm, I'm, it breaks my heart. It, it breaks my heart. And people are and I understand people's frustrations. I'm I'm pissed myself, but I was not in the know like I should have been. Well, and I, it was one of it's it was one of those great things where it was a mixture of being lied to and hey look over there you're perfect for that awesome um it, it, it and like I said after the fact and you look and see everything it starts you start to put all the pieces together well it sounded some, like you, some, you weren't just living in ignorance you were you were asking questions and either not getting answers or distractions or being lied to it's not Absolutely. like you, you guys weren't asking. Absolutely. And, you know, I, this is not any of our first rodeo, for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of work I'm doing to clear my good name that's being drugged through the mud. Well, something that I think, though, for for I mean, all, I think all of us here have at some degree have to some degree or another been involved with uh, uh, either planning or running a convention. And so I think that. Uh, for all of us, we have an idea of what these animals are really like. And I don't think a lot of people who are fans really understand, first of all, A, how complex these things are. I go, Johnny, uh, you have my absolute sympathy. Even if things had not gone wrong, I can't even begin to imagine how complex running a beast as big as Space City would have been. Uh, the, the largest convention I've ever had a hand in running is, uh, is helping organize a small convention that only had two or three hundred people in. Uh, so I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like wrestling the beast that you were wrestling. But, uh, one of the things I think a lot of people who. You have said not beast. Have- it is a beast and <laughs> beauty and the beast. Yes. Yes. But that convention is until next year and, and, and we can talk about that later. But uh, um, so one of the things that I think most people also don't appreciate is the fact that uh, while you are are 
you know, you do have a board and they're all working on things together. Uh, for the most part, you have people who are, are head of particular division. And so, uh, so much of this information is compartmentalized. Uh, and so on any given convention, if you were to ask me, okay, so what's the, the people who are dealing with the hotel doing? I don't know. I get a report and they say they're, 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 they've, uh, we've got a room or we've got so many hotel nights, uh, taken care of, but I, I'm not privy to the financials for that because that's not my department. And so if you have a big, uh, a big board of people, it doesn't necessarily even know what the hell the details are with the other people. If, if they come in and they say, hey, we're good, uh, until it, that turns into a logjam for somebody else mm-hmm. on the board where they haven't done their part and now it's a problem for me, a lot of people don't know. And honestly, they don't care because they've got so much to handle. So uh, again, Johnny, God bless you for, for like uh, coming in and doing what you did because, you know, that's it, – it is nightmarish. And, and again, it's uh, the – a task as big as Space City is impressive. It, well, can from, be, it can be a logistical nightmare if yeah. you don't prepare. If you're not prepared, it will be a, a nightmare. And with due time and due preparation, things can go so smoothly. And that's why I plan on launching my own show next year because mm-hmm. I am, I'm well prepared. I come from – and just what you mentioned is the way I refuse to op- operate. I – I will insist on people having meetings every two weeks. I will insist on everyone being connected to anyone. There's not going to be any protection of information. Everyone is going to know who the guests are, how much money we're paying, how much money we're having. People are going to be paid from an escrow account that they're going to know that the money is already there so that they're not wasting their time. Above all, I hate people wasting – I hate people waste my time and I hate wasting people's other time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do things right from the very beginning, from paying from an ESCO account to the, mm-hmm. the the celebrities arriving with a folder with their per diems, their schedules, their hotel room keys. They go to their hotel rooms, and there's a welcome package for them. They will never have to seek out any information from anyone, and that's the way that these shows should be. And that's that's the best way to keep any large production running. Uh, uh, if you make sure that everybody has at least an overview and knows uh, the the uh, basic operating details of every department with which they have to interface, then they'll each one will know when they are asking something that can't be done, or they're asking something from somebody that uh, uh, that they can easily provide. You know, they'll know what the, the tensions and strains are and where the information flow is going and where the resource flow is going. And that's true of any project. Um, I learned this on production when I was at Rhythm and Hue Studios for 10 years. That's that's how we did it. Yo, you were at Rhythm and Hughes? Yeah, I was. Oh, was, okay. I was there for, so yeah, I was you, there for so 10 you years. Knew, you knew, um, I'm trying to think who, who on Trek worked. Was it Dan? Uh, Dan Curry, Ron Moore, yeah, Ron yeah, B. Yeah. Moore. I'm uh-huh. trying to think which of the – yeah, I remember them talking about And Jane oh. was one of the ones who was sacked unceremoniously uh, uh, just before Oscars uh, two years ago, three years ago. Oh, oh I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Life of Pi – Life of Pi won all the Oscars and the BAFTA Awards and right yeah. in... Uh, we, we calculated that right while they were on stage in England collecting their BAFTA Award is when the pink slip came th- into their e- email. Yeah, so and then everyone much, had the green screen uh, sympathy. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty, much, pretty much to the hour. I mean, yeah. 
they were literally standing on the stage in London and getting their pink slips in their email. Yeah. Well, Johnny, as far, you know, that was very heartfelt what Neil said, but I just want to say that I hate you now because, <laughs> um, because all we've been, doing, we've been doing throughout the Con of Wrath is ta- in Houston 82 was asking people, could this happen again? What would, and not just with fans, but like how would actors respond? Would, you know, the modern age of internet and social media and, and cell phones have, have affected all this. And now, thanks to Space City, God, you know, I have to go back now and go, we don't put a chapter on about a little epilogue. People will go, well, why didn't you talk about what happened? It's, you know, and it has the same damn city. The well, I hate to have set you up here, but I thought a then and now, you know, talk would, would be productive. Yeah, oh, but, the, but we just but, have uh, 40 billion trillion. And I just found another wrinkle this last week. Mm. Another one I even told Neil about yet. Uh, of, See, my, my producer song. tells me nothing. <laughs> Stick with your department. <laughs> I'll yeah, tell that's, you. I'll so tell you, you then. I'm ready to tell you. <laughs> so now you've got this massive rewrite and a recut because of what has happened. No, we would have had that if we got any more done with it than what we have. Yes. Okay. So actually, then okay. It's a good, this is a good time for it. Why wrath of uh, the con of wrath? Uh, what a great title, by the way. Great title. Why is it taking so long? Well, it was Dude. a shade well, that a, was tactful, a, number one, G. not my title. That was from the weekend. Uh-huh. And B, from day one, I said, this is a shade tree project. This is not a funded. Okay. I mean, it would okay. have been nice. But, I mean, but this is like five years. And I, Rod Roddenberry looked at me and he said, just don't take eight, uh-huh. which is how long uh, Trek Nation took through several editors and directors and creative, you know, and, and distribution houses and tensions and all that. Well, and that's what happens when a project isn't uh, isn't especially well funded. It tends to trail off. So. Well, when it's we call it micro budgeting. Thank you, Gene. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm not broke. I'm on Mic- micro micro budgeting. Yes, yeah. That's, no, but that's I mean, good. I like always, that. It was always meant to be a shade tree project because I'm doing other things, mm-hmm. and I did not mean for this to. I knew there was not money to make this a six month project like a reg, uh, like a right, you know bang right. jump in do it and what. Whatever now, so I knew watching the. Mo- I mean, I learned a lot from Roger uh, Nygaard that had worked on the Trekkies movies and also a couple mm-hmm. of his own documentaries. I was in one of those. Yeah, and I it's watching people who just do a little bit at a time, do a little bit of a time, and then put it together when it's ready. Mm-hmm. You know, not not to have that as an excuse for going on forever. Yeah, because I was publicizing it. In the sorry, things so changed in the world of crowdfunding and social media that used to. You never taught, you know, it was like knock on wood to talk about any project of any size or scope before it was done. You didn't, you didn't tell it to the world outside your little circle of six people or whatever, or the people that work on it, until it was ready. And now, oh my God, you know, uh, we live, social media, we live. Oh, look, I have a hangnail. I got out of bed this morning. I mean, every little moment of lies, are, and that applies to creative projects. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, I do have to say, I have, I have, fallen even more in love with social media and the monster that it is through this whole well that could have we'll, consumed you as we'll i call told it, we'll call it event because i've had celebrities come to my defense publicly making posts coming to my defense and it's been it's been great through all of the terrible messages you know those have been beacons of light through all of this stuff and even more fuel for me to pursue the truth and pursue answers for the fans and I'm going to continue to talk to people on a one-to-one basis to fix this stuff, and it's all through social media. So, 
And, and that's well, that the social media brings such immediacy to it. I mean, we yes. we convey information and we convey our ideas, fans to creators, back yeah, and forth across in, those boxes and boundaries. Yeah, yeah th- back and forth in ways that were impossible even ten years ago, uh, or or certainly unheard of ten years ago. And uh, uh, the the con of wrath, I think it, the documentary is going to see a lot more attention now because of mm-hmm. what's happened with Space City Comic Con. You know, people will be going, oh, yeah, this is not the first time this has happened. Well, you know, uh, through the through the time, I mean, like I said, it's been out there. I've had the Facebook page up. I have a, not a mm-hmm. Kickstarter because I knew it wasn't going to be a two, three month, you know, project or an Indiegogo. But I've had an ongoing PayPal to engender in, in trust, a PayPal donation system. And I've had my Dr. Trek crowdfunder events at conventions when I've been a live guest. I uh, just did one at Phoenix Comic Con again. Um a, a two-hour kind of party event with a lot of a lot of visuals and sneak peeks and rare stuff, and you know it's an event. But people can do their screen credit plus maybe come away with something. But I've had people say, you know, what's the big deal about the Ultimate Fantasy '82 in Houston? You know, like I was at uh, I was at FedCon USA in Dallas, and I was at there was a I don't know the names, but there was a um, was it uh, uh, a Battlestar? What was there was one in Seattle just about a year ago happened, and there have been you know people will come up with a, a massively failed convention of some stripe or another mm-hmm. over the last ten twenty years, and I say, well, that's all well and good. Maybe someone could do <laughs> do one of just about you know fail cons, but the thing that's great about Ultimate Fantasy, the Con of Wrath, is that aside from I was there and it was my first road trip to be sucked into this mm-hmm. because it was such a golden time because it was really the first – it was planned as the first mega event for Star Trek. I mean media cons, which Star Trek wrote the template of because you know sci-fi cons had been around, lit cons had been around since mm-hmm. the 30s. Sure. Mm-hmm. But to, there was not any – and aside from maybe having an actor or two from a hit movie like in the 50s or the 60s or something, until Star Trek, that didn't exist you know, as its own template, and then it quickly became its own its own thing, and just in time for setting the stage for Star Wars, and then mm. you know, oh, yes. Doctor Who oh, finally. Yes. I mean, media fandom now, now to now we're at, at Comic Con stage. That's all exploded. But as it, with many things, Star Trek wrote the book, invented the in- internet before it was there on paper, you know, mm-hmm. and, and sure. invented media cons before they were there. Invented and the this iPad. was only 10 years after the first Star Trek convention, the, the infamous, famously uh, New York convention's original ones. Mm-hmm. So this is only like 10 years after that. So this was to be the first mega event, literally rock star arena show type thing, not just a typical convention. So the fact that it was the first big thing anyone planned and then it went this way makes it historic. And it's just golden because it's the original mm-hmm. cast, you know, no bloody A, B, C, D. That's what makes mm-hmm. this special and worthy of its own time. And it's, it is – you were talking about contrasting Space City with this. It's also, again, pre – you know, forget pre-social uh, media, pre-internet and pre-cell phones, you know. Oh, that's so true. That's true. Communication was a huge issue. But But – it's also the thing that when it did blow up, unlike Space City is that we're seeing, and Johnny's talking about, so when it blew up, people just the, the fans and the dealers just went back home and griped about it or thought, oh, infamously, they took their opinion away, and the core circle of people 
the the central guy that got blamed on it for years, the people who bothered to have a memory about it, he urged they do some legal action. And but what I said a minute ago, most of the most of the kids, twenty somethings, thirty somethings at the time, who were all competent people in production and tech and and running events, everybody just wanted to get back to their lives because they thought this was going to become a huge a huge uh, ongoing production, yeah, and a new career path. And they all just kind of went, you know, I just feel so burned and numb. Let me just get back with my life. And nobody ever pursued anything legal after it was over. And that's huh. why – part of why I want to get back to this is preserve it so people mm-hmm. know and show show both how things have changed so much and then how so many things at the core are exactly the same. Or so, yeah. The, th- the thing that's really fascinating about all of this is is that, of course, this is an event that that took back. You know, again, it's just uh, it, it took place only two months after the release of of the Wrath of Khan. Two weeks, and yes, two weeks after after the the convention or after the movie release. And the the fascinating thing about it is, is with Larry and I going down and and doing these interviews and everything. Uh, whenever we talk to these people, they're not sitting down, racking their brain, trying to remember what happened. For these people, it is seared into their memory. They talk about the stuff like it happened yesterday. The, the organizers and a lot of the attendees. Yeah. And, and I think the fascinating thing is it tells you how much of an impact that event had, the, had on their lives. This is not something that was just another convention. You know, it was I something that really, yeah. I definitely know that. You know, 50, 60 years from now, I'm going to be back in 2007. You damn Neo. I was there for 1978. You remember that damn Larry Nemechek who said he hated me? No, well, look at him getting all these damn royalties off of my name. And this isn't this isn't the only thing you're going to remember. You're probably also going to remember Project Abaddon. Yes. Tell us tell us about that. That sounds exciting. It is very exciting. It was I was very heartbroken again on Sunday when I I I did try to fix everything. Um, I did have a panel upstairs for Project Abaddon. Well, wait, heart- back up. What is Project First, yeah. Abaddon? Ooh, is that a convention? A new, a pro- no, Project Abaddon is a new sci-fi trilogy. Ooh. Yes. Involving the Flintstones or what? Abaddon. I'm totally clueless. <laughs> Sounds kind of like something out of Stargate, really. Yeah. You know, it's it's a great time for a new sci-fi series. So, you know, let me let me read you guys the logline here real quick. Give me one yes, moment. Yes, please, because, I mean, can it's you, fun to you, make your own Star Trek, but you can't make any money that way. You should have your own logline lady. In, uh... <laughs> that's, ooh, that's, that's my job description, the logline lady. So Project Abaddon is going to be a new sci-fi trilogy. So our logline is... Torn between loyalty and truth, a delusioned starship captain defies orders and leads his crew in search of an ancient alien artifact, but discovers what lies ahead threatens the very existence of humanity. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Boy, that sounds kind of... Uh, I'm there. Wah, wah, yeah, that's... Okay. Okay. I was trying to avoid the dum-dum-dums. Serious, serious <laughs> 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 
Slightly different feel. So that no, it is awesome. It is awesome sounding. You know, I was lucky enough to join on as executive producer for this um, this trilogy, and this will be my sixth producer credit. And um, I'm going to make this the last producer credit before I move on to doing two of my own films in 2017. Cool. Um, but I'm really excited to make Project Abbott on the last because it is really excited. You guys are going to be seeing it everywhere. And there's some amazing things happening with that. And um, not not the least of which is uh, you're actively working on a partnership with US, the U.S. Space and Rocket Center, a.k.a. Space Camp. Who told you that? <laughs> That's right on, right on your Facebook page. Johnny. Oh, there we go with that social media <laughs> stuff. Project again. Abaddon. Who told us that? You Facebook did. Page. That stuff gets out <laughs> so often when you write it down like that. Oh. So, so you have to shoot all the witnesses and if you're, you're going to do you're, that. You're, you're big at doing this stuff. You've got Enterprise in Space, which is the uh, the civilian space uh, experimentation so cool. platform, which is exceedingly cool. And you're partnering with uh, the Smithsonian Institution? Absolutely. Eh, who names. wants to be in an institution? <laughs> Apparently I mean, this is are. looking. I th- th- wait a minute. I thought we were. You no. want to? You want to talk about the things that Johnny St- Steverson is doing? Steverson. He's, Steverson. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I mis- you're gonna have to redo that. Miscombobulated it. Oh, um, oh, 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 <laughs> Steverson. I call you Steverson almost all the time, except I think the one time I introduced you in the promo for the show. Um, <laughs> well, we'll redo that. Uh, uh, you you look at the stuff that Johnny Steverson is doing, and it's you know it's working with some of the most iconic agencies in the United States. You know, having to do with space sciences and space exploration, and uh, you and don't, that's cool. But I want to yeah. hear names. Who's who's in this? Who's writing this? What? Who's who's bringing the cool? Have you signed anybody or anything to it yet? The cool or the Kool-Aid? Come on. Well, well which project are we talking uh, Abaddon. about? Abaddon. Inter- Abaddon. Inter- Abaddon. Okay, Abaddon. Well, it's uh, well, I can't tell you that yet. He's not done. The ink isn't dry yet. More wine, please. <laughs> <laughs> the ink isn't dry. Have I told you I'm a home yet. brewer? I'll bring you oh. more wine. <laughs> You had me in home brewing. Mm-hmm. Actually, the brewing part. I got the need for mead. Well, if you're not <laughs> going to talk about Abaddon, aside from how awesome it is, trust me, then... Um... <laughs> yeah, remember what happened the last time I mean, someone I said can, trust I do, me. I, I can do a couple name droppings. You know, I just joined. We've got some great people like Rick Sternbach who just joined Ooh. us. Ooh, that's a good um, So we're, we, right. we have some amazing Star Trek ties, some amazing sci-fi ties. We're going to have some Farscape people. Um, Gigi Edgley. Gigi Edgley is in everything. Are you saying that Farscape and Star Trek aren't sci-fi? What are you, what are you saying, Johnny? Absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's, I, I said narrowing nothing, it I said, down. I said nothing of the sort, nor do I need any more hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you say Rick Sternbach and Gigi Edgley, you've said a lot there. Yeah, so. you have. Garrett, Garrett Wing from Star Trek Voyager, Anthony Montgomery from Enterprise. So we're, we're talking some amazing, we're talking about an amazing cast with, 
I, I, Gigi Edgley has has sort of emerged back into back onto the scene in the last uh, in the last four years, and suddenly she's in things fans want to see. I thank God because she is a fan favorite. I can she let really me tell is. you the the I, I'm a producer a for a film her. that she just put out called uh, Nexus. You're the producer of that? Absolutely. And oh my I, God! I, I oh. Wait till we put the. He uh, let him film. borrow his van. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just moved some lights around, put some. Yeah, on. Just you know that's just that's getting there. that's getting a lot of popular and critical attention. Yes, I can't wait it's, for the for for it to be online for everyone to see and enjoy mm-hmm. Nexus because it it's going to blow your mind. That's another. It, it, we we debuted it at Space City Comic Con, <laughs> and um, the, the room was filled. It was it was amazing. So... And the Star Trek continues stuff. It was just and Gigi Gigi had a spot on there. And yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Seen that. I saw that one. It was del- she was Gigi delightful. is just a fan favorite, and yeah. it's I'm what's, glad Star Trek continues grabbed her for an episode. What's this title? And, of the Star Trek continues mm-hmm. episode? Meddle not in the affairs of dragons, for thou art crunchy and go well with ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Come not between the dragons. I uh, do spoil sport. I know. Breathe hard, <laughs> not between the dragons. Uh-huh. Yeah. So oh, I just went to the bad place. <laughs> I have a condo there. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, uh, oh boy, we've got, uh, we have so much more to talk about, but I think we might be coming close to the top of our hour. Thank you so much for joining us all uh, uh, on this episode of The Event Horizon. Larry Nemechek, Dr. Trek, Johnny Steverson, uh, producer and writer and uh, probably a dozen other hats. Uh, Neil Halford, writer and game designer uh, of Betrayal at Crondor and many other things. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Event Horizon. And I'd like to invite you, Neil, back for uh, for next week's episode so that we can talk more about what you're doing with uh, with game development and, and Lumberyard and uh, your your retool of uh, uh, Betrayal at Condor. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love to talk to you. And, we'll, and Larry and I will actually both be at SoonerCon next week, but I can, I can do a remote from SoonerCon. So. That'd be great. Uh, so that'll be well, fun. Well, I could too, and maybe we could talk about Portal47.net. <laughs> oh, yes. Welcome to the Larry, Neil and Larry got, show. Larry, you've got, actually, you've got uh, some upcoming projects as well, don't you? Well, Portal47.net is my huge big baby that I've been working on for years, figuring out what to do with it. But yeah, and it's the 50th anniversary for Star Trek, and I, from just about now on the rest of summer into fall, I've got, I've got a lot of conventions wind up. I have a library tour across central Michigan around, in and around Detroit in September, which is Good kind heavens. of different. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, uh, SoonerCon and then Shore Leave back east and San Diego and, um, and of course, our, our, this is the big year for the Trek tour. Uh, we've got twice as many people as before, and we've added a San Francisco leg. So too late to get in, but you know, come look about it. But then you know, <laughs> Vegas is five days this year—the big Trek Vegas convention—and uh-huh. and Sokola Comic Con and uh, Cosmic Con in the Bay Area over Halloween. And I, 
one of I've got two things happening over anniversary weekend that is or that are not settled, but it'll be one or the other. And yeah, it's just an incredible year. So I'm it's, the platforms that are available to talk about Star Trek and the old and the new. And I'm just so excited about Brian's show and the movie. Looks like it's going to be way more satisfying to a lot of older fans than. The first two have been beyond when it comes out in July. Oh, please. So just so much going on with Trek and just trying to ride herd over it all. And, and, um, and, you know, what a marvelous year. It's going to be a marvelous year. It was a great time to launch for for all of us. And so I'm, I've been thrilled. But thank you for having us on to talk about the crazy and Con of Wrath will hopefully get wrapped up next year. Well, thank you for being had. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure. You have been listening to episode 139 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for June 18th, 2016. Our guests this evening have been game designer, author, and filmmaker Neil Halford, Star Trek historian, author, editor, and sometimes even actor Larry Nemechek, Dr. Trek, and producer, entrepreneur, and deputy program manager of Enterprise in Space, Mr. Johnny Steverson. Your hosts were Susan L. Fox and Gene Turnbow. This episode will air again on Sunday, June 19th, 2016 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and two more times on Tuesday and the following Saturday morning at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and our own website at kryptonradio.com as podcasts. If you are an artist, writer, actor, or other creator, and you would like to appear as a guest on the Event Horizon, please contact our production manager, Kat Carter, at katcarter at kryptonradio.com. She will hook you up. Krypton Radio is substantially listener-supported, and if you enjoy hearing the Event Horizon each week, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash kryptonradio. Just five green pieces of paper a month. That's all we ask. This program is copyright 2016 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.